Welcome back to the Catch the Blitz show. Week two of the NFL is in the books. And dare I say, was it crazier than week one was? I'm Thomas Parkernick, joined by Christian Catanacci as always. Cat, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm fired up now. Last complete three six, complete 180 uh, from last week. Not as fired up as you are. I'll give you the floor soon. But man, what a crazy week two to follow up from a crazy week one. Yeah, it's insane how how unpredictable the NFL has been, and to think that we've been through only two weeks, right? Is another fifteen weeks going to be like this? Oh, I I hope so because I'm having a blast watching these games, and I'm sure you're having a blast watching the resurgence, the domination, the comeback of ages by. Your boy, Tua. I love this introduction. This is going to be fired up. Oh, and, and, and Pac's famous tweet that was said on this, on this podcast just a few months ago. You want to, you, you, you say that you say it. Am I, am I getting the floor? Okay. Go ahead. Where, Pac. where to begin? Where to begin? Just make um, sure because Barstool might steal it from that's you. True, eh? That's true. The, the quote's really, <laughs> it's really taken off recently and, and I'm, I'm definitely going to mention it. In uh, what I guess is just about to be a, a brief little monologue from what I have to say, because I definitely have a lot to say. First and foremost, you talked about how exciting the NFL is. And I think we should start with, with this game because it was the game of the week and it was the greatest game I've ever watched, obviously, just because of how enjoying it was to watch my team come back. Full credit to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looks like uh, looks like an MVP. He was he was dominant, but uh we got to talk about Miami, and in specifically, we got to talk about Tua. Um, I told you all. I told you all. And what did I say on this show, like you said, a couple months ago, when they traded for Tyreek Hill, and they signed Teron Armstead, and they hired Mike McDaniel? I said, the apologies better be as loud as the disrespect has been. And if you just scroll through social media... If you really, really look at the reaction from this game, I can't believe how disappointed I am in what's still, still being said. Six touchdowns later, 450 yards later, what's still being said about Tuatunga Vailoa because it is ridiculous. What more do you want this guy to do? Honestly, what more do you want him to do? If anybody else had done what he had just did, the reactions would have been monumental. They would have gotten the tailors out. They would have been fitting them for the, for their gold jacket <laughs> right then and there on the field. It's it's honestly ridiculous. Tua now, if you look at his complete body of work in just his three short seasons in the NFL, he has the best winning percentage by far of any quarterback in that draft class. He was winning and keeping his team in games with the worst offensive line in football, a head coach that was pretty much publicly trying to run him out of the building and non-existent weapons at wide receiver. Now he finally has help. He finally has help. This is what you get from Tua. Alabama Tua. And 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 what is what does Twitter have to say about this? Oh, anyone can hit a guy wide open. Anybody. Yep. Does did Patrick Mahomes not have Tyree Kill for a long time? Does does Joe Burrow not have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? Did Justin Herbert not have you know, Keenan Allen. What was Josh Allen before Stefan Diggs? All of a sudden now it's a crime. It's a crime 
to be elevated by your team in the biggest team sport on in, in this world. And it's just, it's so, so ridiculous. Like, I get it. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have that skill. Nobody, nobody is. Yeah, there's one Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not out there hurdling guys. Nobody can do that. And, and okay, he's not six foot five with an arm that can throw 100 yards like Justin Herbert, but he's accurate and he's a winner. And Miami's 2 0. They're finally making waves on the national stage. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to be in the building for, for this week's upcoming matchup against the Bills, and I am fired up. Wow. That was probably the best monologue that we've had on our uh, short two seasons of the CTB show. But hey, that's all, all warranted. And for someone that's not necessarily been a doubter of Tua, but someone that's always said, okay, now, now is the time for him to show it. He has played phenomenal through two weeks. Phenomenal. That was, I, you hit every point that you said there was perfect. When I was watching that game, I was like, wow, this is the Tua that we used to see at Alabama. This is the national championship Tua. This is the Tua that got drafted fifth overall, right? And it's perfect. And again, it's so crazy how people just like to pick and choose the players that they want to criticize when it comes to, oh, that person has a crazy team around them. Why? Anyone could do that. If anything... That should not be a knock on to it should be a credit to the Dolphins front office, which leaks into what we're going to talk about later. But in today's NFL, they are showing you the blueprint on how to properly elevate the team or get your team set for your quarterback to reach his max potential, right? You're a young quarterback in this league. You cannot succeed if you don't have weapons. And the Dolphins put Tua in the perfect, perfect position to reach his ceiling. And he is, from a trajectory standpoint, he is on pace to have a massive, massive year. Yeah, and I mean, right now he leads the, the league in, he's tied for the league in, in, in touchdowns. He's leads the league in yards. I don't think he's going to finish there. And I, even if he doesn't finish in the top five, top 10, that's, that's not what this is all about. It's not even about the stats and the accolades. He looks comfortable in that yes. offense. You can tell the relationship between him and Mike McDaniel is just phenomenal. And, and what a, what a first two weeks he's had as a head coach. But he finally is in control of this team. And yeah. he finally has the backing of, like you said, the front office, obviously his coach, his teammates, and now it's starting to look a little bit more of the fan base. Obviously, Dolphins fans are so, so split on Tua, but last week was kind of his defining moment thus far in terms of winning everyone over and saying, hey, this is my team. And in general, I mean, you mentioned we're going to get into this later with another quarterback. This was sort of the week of the week of patience, I'd call it, in yes, the NFL because... Absolutely. We're so, so quick to just say, okay, he's not, he's not Mahomes, move off of him. We don't have a chance to win with him. Tua looked pretty good with some patience, and he's in his third year now. He's more comfortable. He's another year you know, removed from that hip injury, and then he was slinging it out there. The accuracy was on point. You know, The resilience, it was just everything that he showed on Sunday was what you want in a starting quarterback. Yeah, uh, you, you couldn't have said, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, it was just such an all-around dominant performance from Tua and, and just the team in general. Like just how everyone just was like, oh, this game's over. And next thing you know, it's boom, in a flash of an eye. It's, I mean, really, like, if we're talking 
an offense that's really like it's like the game's not over till it's over when when you watch those dolphins those receivers are so electric too right it's like i know there was a lot of talk before the season everyone's like oh Tyreek Hill even came out and said it himself like oh you're gonna pick your poison sort of thing like you can't cover us both it's true right you can't you can't Waddle's last touchdown on the game double coverage on Tyreek there you go and now you got Jalen Waddle one-on-one even Tyreek's first touchdown the Raven safety Kyle Hamilton who was a phenomenal prospect who just got drafted this year he had no idea that that Terry Kill was yeah. was right behind him until he was five steps behind him. That's how fast he he saw him coming from the right side, and he peeked to the middle of the field. And then as soon as he turned back over, it's like Terry Kill was fifteen yards down the field. And he's like, "Holy crap! I got to go get him!" And boom, it was a touchdown. And and say what you want about receivers being wide open, you still got to hit those receivers. I don't care what you're talking about. The fact that Tua threw six touchdowns, if the receivers are so open, so what? Six touchdowns. That, that tied a Dolphins record yep. set by Dan Marino. It's an old record, right? So clearly he's doing something wrong. And hey, I, I might be, I might see Pac sailing out there on the on the on the tour boat, and I might I might have to climb on because I I really really did like what I saw from him. And um, if he could keep this up, I mean we're we're looking forward to this weekend, and it's going to be a massive game against the Bills. You're going to see that live. That's a fantastic game to go watch, but. I know we said it before the year that that I know you want to, and the Bills look fantastic, but I don't think this Dolphins team is too far back from from sort of rivaling this this Bills team for that division. And they're both teams that are legitimate contending teams um, to make movements in the playoffs and an already very difficult AFC. But from what I've seen in just these first two games from the Dolphins, I'm very, very impressed. I think it's obviously encouraging just to know that when games can get out of hand offensively, we can keep up because the whole knock on, on two as Dolphins have been, you know, you're winning these sort of 17 to nine games where the defense is, is just so dominant and you really don't have to do too much on offense. Last week was the first time really where the defense in, in two as time is, is scored by the Dolphins. The defense was not good. And, and to, well, in, you know, in the fourth quarter, they, they've made some big stands, but to start the game, they were a disaster. Yeah. Lamar was just torching them. Yeah. And, and Tua finally said, like, hey, defense, like, you, you've had me my whole career. I'm going to step up now, and I'm, I'm going to make a play to, for us to win this game. So we'll see. I mean, the Bills, they literally look unbeatable with how good they've been. Yeah. They've just dominated the two teams they've played. Um, it was so funny yesterday. They finally had their first punt of the season, yeah. and then the Titans ended up fumbling the punt. Yeah. It's just like, even when they punt, they're un- unbeatable. Josh Allen looks incredible. Stefan Diggs is probably, you know, top three, top two wide receiver in the NFL oh, right yeah. now. So it's going to be an interesting game. I can already see the overreactions, regardless if Miami wins this game or if Miami loses. People go, oh, you know, the Dolphins are frauds. Again, like I said, it's it's week three. It's still early. This Dolphins team still has a long way to go, but I think we're all just sort of happy to see now that two is that guy. Yeah, of course, and and it's 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 a sigh of of relief almost from from Dolphins fans because even though even the the craziest the the most diehard two believers are obviously you. you the whole time you're waiting because yeah. you, you know that that moment's in him, but you're just waiting for that moment. So it's it's a sigh of relief that he's able to show you like, look, this is the guy I believed in. Right. And he's able to put that into the national stage. And I think he's going to continue this throughout this year, just because of how well the team around him is set up. And it's a perfect, perfect, perfect situation for a quarterback to sort of grow 
into that franchise guy that that two is ultimately going to become. And I think even the the biggest of fans, two of fans, two of believers, they even had their doubts at some yeah, moment. So I think it, it's just great that this happened. And hey, Miami's two and zero. Um, but another Bama boy at quarterback who had a big, big week and yes. also faced question marks of the season. Similar Massive situation. Question, question marks. The team is ready to win now. If you look at the Eagles roster, could be the best roster in all of football, at least top three, top five, just with how complete they are up front on the defense side of the ball. Now they have great weapons at wide receiver. Jalen Hurts last night in the first half against Minnesota, a team that many touted after week one could potentially come out of the NFC this yes. year with how you know how badly they beat down the Packers. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal last night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the exact same situation. It's sour to me because I'm watching, I'm sitting here watching Cooper Rush. But look, you got to give, you got to give props. I've been saying this for years that I've said it multiple times on the show before. The Eagles front office is so, so, so good at taking advantage of quarterbacks on rookie deals and going out and getting, getting, players to surround those quarterbacks and help them reach that ceiling like they did it with Wentz they did it with Wentz they got Alshon Jeffrey they went out and that one offseason they were spending money like crazy why because they had their quarterback cheap and they have Hurts cheap and and they noticed look say what you want about Hurts the team themselves were ready to move not ready to move off of him but they were looking to upgrade him this offseason just because of how they completely transformed this roster in like a span of five months yeah Right, it's really impressive what they did, and absolutely it is. It's 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 incredible the work that Howie Roseman has done. And let's not forget, Eagles fans were calling for that guy's job last year, right? You know, you know how fast Howie Roseman would get would get hired if if he were to somehow we're we're talking in the past now, but if he were to got, if we were to have gotten fired, he would have gotten snatched. Oh, I, I don't even leave it. Probably twelve hours on the on the market, team would have hired him for sure, but. Going back to what I said, and I mentioned it earlier on the show, the Dolphins front office and the Eagles front office are showing you the blueprint when it comes to quarterback development, right? Your quarterback, especially young quarterbacks, and and quarterbacks in general, look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is struggling, right? I know he just beat up on the Bears, but when does he not beat up on the Bears? But he doesn't have his top receiver anymore. Your quarterback is only as good as the people around him. It's the ultimate team sport. The NFL is not one guy. It's not three guys. It's 52 guys, right? And if your young quarterback is going to reach the ceiling that ultimately he does have, because if they're drafted, they, they, they've got NFL caliber potential. You have to, have to, have to surround these guys with as much talent as possible. And they're especially in their early years while they're cheap. That's the only way these guys are going to develop properly. Only, only way. You, you look at so many failed quarterbacks. I, I feel bad because like you look at the situation that they're in. I'll give you an example on the top of my head. Justin Fields. Okay, say what you want. He's, he may not be showing you what he, what he did at Ohio State, but can you, like, can you blame him? Yeah, he just has nothing around him. Bottom O-line, not great weapons, defenses, whatever. He's had a bunch, you know, he's already on the second head coach. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot for a young guy to go through. And it, it just goes back to what, this is not discrediting any, any like Jalen Hurts in any way. I'm just saying that, that he is primed for a massive year because the Eagles are doing what they need 
to make him reach his ceiling. And and look, Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. Like fantastic. I got him. I have I know it's fantasy football, but I I refuse to draft Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Commanders players just because I don't want that biased division to come into my fantasy football team. I got Jalen Hurts like the ninth. He was there in the ninth round, and I'm like, I, like I have to take him. Yeah. Right? So I took him, and I'm 0-2 in this league, by the way. I have the most points for I'm 0-2. I don't know how. And there's a forfeit. I'm panicking right now. I'm in panic mode. But Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they look super legit. Super, super, super legit. And and it's it's a perfect timing because if you look at the NFC compared to the AFC, it's like night and day in terms of talent. So there's real potential that this Eagles team could make movements in when it comes to... I know we're looking ahead 15 weeks. There's a lot that could happen. And and now the everyone sees the Eagles. The expectations are going to increase. Let's see how they handle those expectations. But if we're projecting at this point and all things... If everything stays the same, obviously, health-wise and, and everything else, this Eagles team is going to be a team that's going to be awfully tough to play Um when the season starts to get down to it. Yeah, and I mean, you said they're potentially contenders, and, and I think so too. And I spent the first good chunk of the show saying, you know, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. I was dead wrong about these Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I always like Jalen Hurts. I said, I think he's a great guy. He seems yes. like a great leader. Got intangibles like crazy. I, I always doubted his, his yes. ability to almost take the next step. Boy, has he made the jump this year, and he looks really, really good and, and dangerous in this Philadelphia Eagles, if I were to pick one word, I would say they're dangerous just because they got Maulers up front. They rotate like three or four running backs. Plus, you got Jalen Hurts' mobility to worry about. What that does, it keeps guys fresh, and it gives you a ton of short yard situations. When you're running constantly second and two, third and two, it is very, very tough to not stay on the football field for a long amount of time. They got these long, bruising drives, and then finally when Hurts opens it up in the passing game. He's a lot more accurate than he was last year. And also, you got a wide receiver, A.J. Brown, where you don't even need to be all that accurate because he'll just go up and get the ball for you. What so a monster. the Eagles, their philosophy, very different than Miami in terms of you know Miami's all speed, and the Eagles will just beat you up. Yeah. But both of them, like you said, and it's, it's so hard for me to say this with Miami building the blueprint for a young quarterback because the past two years have been a disaster with Tua. But they they're really doing that now, both of these teams. Exactly, like like I said, it's it's like the blueprint. And I want to see. I'm. It's interesting because the, for the future outlook of the NFL, I want to see how many teams actually start to follow the trend that they're setting. Because it's always hearsay. People go, "Oh yeah, of course, no brainer. You gotta your quarterback's cheap. You gotta surround him with talent." But nobody actually does it, right? Like nobody. Like the Eagles went out and tr- were tr- making trades like crazy. And and touching on AJ Brown, AJ Brown was a difference maker. In both ends of the spectrum, in two games last night, he was a game changer for the Eagles. And boy, did the Titans look like they miss him. The Titans are just, you know what? I've I've said it for like a couple of years now. Oh, the Titans are bound to they're bound to take a step back, and they just never do. Yeah. Oh, this year it's it looks like they're about to just blow this whole thing wide open. Ryan Tannehill didn't play the whole fourth quarter yesterday. Derrick Henry couldn't average more than two yards of carry like they're a disaster yeah yeah and poo, I, you're right because the titans have always been like a team like on paper they're not the greatest but for some weird reason they always 
I don't want to say overperform because they were a good team in the past. They're well coached, but this looks like a season that they can take a serious, serious, serious step back. And you hit the nail right on the head there. Like I was looking at their contract situation. I don't want to get too drifted away here, but they have like, they're talking about five of their top cap hits this year. They're all have no guaranteed money last year. So like we could legit see the Titans be blown up. Yeah. Come could be a huge rebuild. Right? Absolutely. I think we're primed for it. I think that's why I wouldn't even be surprised to see if we see Malik Willis at some point this year, just to see what they have. Okay. If, the, if we have something in this guy, so we don't have to worry about quarterback later. Look, you might as well. I, I think that's sort of the direction that we're going to go. But the Titans are sitting at 0-2 now, and they're joined by a number of teams. Um, I think that, that'll just lead us into, I think, what we wanted to get into next. Yeah, perfect. It is only two weeks, but we did put out a stat today on Instagram. I think you have it memorized a little bit better than me, but it's just, it's frankly, if you start 0-2, good luck making 10%. the playoffs. Since, since, since 1970, 400 teams have started this season um, 0-2, and, and only 10% of those teams, um, just under 10%, it was actually 37, I believe, 37 or 38 uh, of those teams ended up making the playoffs, right? So I know a lot of people like to say, oh, it's just two games into the season. But no, no, it's... it's what I, Say whatever you want, but history is history. Trends tend to repeat themselves, especially in sports. Um, but yeah, we're getting pretty good at segmenting into some, <laughs> some yeah, different topics here. Oh, my, my series... Uh, my series going off here. Look at that! Wants to interrupt the yeah. The, he, he, Siri wants to pick his uh, team that he's <laughs> that he's most uh, that he's most worried about. Yeah, but yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about. Go right now. go ahead, Pop. Um, you you pick your team that you are uh, most worried about. We did a panic meter on on our, on our Instagram um, yesterday uh, that that got some backlash because that's where I saw a lot of those comments. You're acting like it's mid season already. Why are you panicking? Because look, that's history right yeah and i'm i'm gonna be even more foolish because we just started talking about teams that are zero and two and how you know good luck making the playoffs you're already behind your team's not my team's not even zero and two that i'm panicking and i am i'm not just pushing the panic button with this team i am slamming it the denver broncos and last week i think i was a little i was a little bit soft last week yes i sort of gave you give them the week white week one pass yes and I said, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, it's okay. It's your first game as head coach. It's, you know, it's it's difficult. Yes. I don't know. Like, it's, it seems foolish to be like, I don't know how much longer I can say that for. But from week one to week two, I think they honestly went backwards. And I know that I know they won against the Texans. But it's not even just the product on the field that, that has me concerned. Because players improve as, as the year goes on. They get more comfortable. It's just the fact that, quite frankly, when you watch this team, it just looks like no one has any clue what the hell is going on. Yeah, Like, the home crowd is not just booing them, booing their brand-new $250 million quarterback and their, and their brand-new head coach that just came from a team where the quarterback won back-to-back MVPs. The home crowd is counting down the play clock for the offense because they've had so many delay of game penalties. Nobody can get lined up. It seems like the second guessing in crucial situations is horrible. Fourth down, are we going for it? Are we not going for it? They lined up for a fourth down this week, or they lined up for a fourth down field goal this week, got a delay of game on a field goal. When does that ever happen? <laughs> they have to Very punt the rare. ball. Yeah. So it's it's such a disaster, and so many people 
raved about this roster going into the season. I personally was never as high on this roster as the public was, but I still saw them as a playoff team. To me, it's an up, it's an upward climb for this team to make the playoffs based on what I've seen in the first two weeks. And they probably played their two easiest games of the season, playing against the Seahawks and the Texans. Yeah, like there was no excuse for this team to not walk out of those two two and zero, right? Like no excuse at all. And one and one, say what you want. That win against the Texans was ugly, ugly, ugly. And even off the field, like just the product in general, like you're seeing old players now. Richard Sherman come out and almost like clown. He's clowning yeah. <laughs> Russell Wilson. And it's like, okay, I always knew like Russell Wilson maybe didn't have the best relationship with some of his guys, but like there's a lot of guys that don't really like Russell Wilson. I, I don't know why I have Richard no, Sherman, especially, especially like, right. That's a key player on a Super Bowl roster that you won with. Yes. Right. Like it's just such a weird situation for me, for me. Like, I've always thought Russell Wilson's this guy, great guy, well-spoken guy. Obviously, we're speculating here, and we're just going off of what we see on social media because we have no actually no actual knowledge of what goes on in those locker rooms, especially those Seahawks dynasty. There was a dynasty almost, right? But uh, this Broncos team is ugly, ugly to watch, um, and it's it's crazy how you picked um, not the, not the fact that they're one and one, but my team that I'm going to panic in is actually in the same division, and this division was being sort of crowned as the best division in football, um, which still might be. We don't know how how it's going to play out, but I am worried about those Raiders. And for someone that, look, I've always been sort of, I don't want to say anti-Raiders, but I always felt like the Raiders were being a little bit over, Derek Carr in, in more specifically was being a little bit overrated and thrown around with the likes of top quarterbacks in this league to sort of be a guy that, that that could quarterback a team to a Super Bowl. And look, much like we talk about with with Jalen Hurts in terms of intangibles, Derek Carr's got a lot of intangibles. He's a guy that's going to hold his team together. He's a great leader. He's very well-spoken. But is he a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback? And I think that's what we're... I think we're seeing that with, with these Raiders. And there's two things that really stick out when I look at this Raiders team, obviously the record is 0-2, um, but not just the record. They are now playing catch-up um, and digging themselves a hole, whether that hole is not, it's not its not that we're talking they're 0-3, 0-4, 0-5. It's still a little hole, but it, it the hole feels a little bit more exaggerated because you're in a division with the Chargers and the Chiefs, right? Like, you don't want... Eh, the Broncos too, but those two teams in specific... Like if you're playing catch up with with those teams, you got to now go the rest of the way without with. Ideally, you have to sweep one of the Chargers or the Chiefs to sort of make up ground that you've lost in early on yeah. this year. And they are both winnable games, both these Raiders games, right? Like they almost came back against the Chargers, and this game against Arizona, their fans were, were popping bottles. Did you see that video? Yeah, I did. Only in Vegas. <laughs> Only in Vegas. They got a nightclub by the by the end zone. But the, their fans were popping bottles. And they're 20 nothing at halftime? 23 yeah. nothing. Derek something Carr like in the that. second half threw 40, 40 yards and, and a pick? Something like that. Like, you got to step on teams' throats. Because, look, Arizona's not the greatest of teams. If you're playing any playoff caliber team, chances are if you, if you give them a team, if you give a t- team a chance to come back in the game, they're going to come back in the game, and props to Arizona for doing that. But man, I'm a, I'm, 
I would be very concerned if if I was a Raiders fan waking up this week, Owen two, looking at the Chiefs, looking at the Chargers, still haven't played the Chiefs, right? Still yeah. have to play the Broncos. I know the Broncos are struggling, but still playing Denver is tough. Tough playing divisional team is tough. You have a lot of ground to make up, and we're saying this, and it's only been two weeks. That just shows you how concerned I am about this Raiders team. Honestly, a little surprised that you you went with the Raiders in in this one. Um, those poor Colts, both sitting on the board from from didn't get any hate from from any of us when they. I also, picked the Jags to win the division. They so. also deserve the Colts deserve to just be oh. blasted. Oh yeah. Oh man, they're a disaster. We can blast them. We can blast them next week after they well, go zero yeah. three. That that sounds like a plan. Um, the the one thing with the Raiders last year, I always thought that they were fool's gold, and then in the playoffs they gained my respect against the Bengals. But last year they won four overtime games. Yes. Like, come on, yeah. that is you you replay those games yeah. so many times. They're not going to always go in your no. favor like that. They played a they played the kicking game a ton. Daniel Carlson was so so clutch for them, but they also overcame a lot of adversity. And that's my one thing I'll always praise Derek Carr for is, is he does just does not give up. That's why the 0-2 hole, I, I mean, in my eyes, they've, they're not going to win the division. The division is already gone after yes. two weeks, yeah. especially when, like you said, Chiefs and Chargers, they're just too, too good. Maybe in the AFC South, you can come back from that, but not in the West. But Derek Carr is so, so resilient. And like you said with, again, Jalen Hurts and Tua, he has a lot of great weapons around him. So I think they'll... They'll sort of claw their way back into wildcard contention. And by week 15, week 16, they'll be playing with a bunch of those AFC teams for a playoff spot. Um, but obviously, the 0-2 start, especially because of how they lost last week's game, is a bit of a gut punch. Yeah. It's like starting a race with a with a five-second time penalty, right? Like, you can still overcome it. You can still win the race. Like, they shouldn't be in this position with how good their roster exactly. is. You shouldn't be 0-2 exactly. if you're the Oakland Raiders. Yes. If you're Oakland, if you're the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that and that's why... And I wasn't even... The, I wasn't the guy that... There's people that were going around saying the Raiders could win the division. I was never that guy. I always thought they were a 10-win team, but I didn't expect an 0-2 start from the Raiders, right? Especially when I looked at this Arizona game, I thought this game was winnable, Right? Like you had to almost walk out of the first two games as a Raider fan. You want your team to be one and one. And the fact that they're sitting here 0 and 2, it's a little disappointing, right? Especially how you, how the, that kicks the, the fumble six, right? Yeah. Run for didn't have the greatest game, but like that, that game's got it. You were in field goal range, right? You just win the game, right? And they're, they're, hey, they got a lot of, like you just mentioned, they got a lot of experience in winning overtime games and their kicker's pretty ice cold. So, just don't get cute with it. Sort of, I would have liked to see it. And hey, my bold prediction would have liked to see it too. Because I said, if you pull up the bold prediction post that we posted on Sunday morning, I said that that game was going to go deep into overtime and the Raiders going to win on a last second field goal. I was almost right. But uh, the, the the voodoo dolls, the, the genie dolls, I said, not today. Maybe I'll have my uh, my luck, uh, my lucky pick sometime this, uh, this next year. But to someone who's not... So lucky, I, I hate to say it that way, was was your guy, Trey Lance, who, who suffered an absolutely brutal, brutal injury. And it was it was awful to see it. And it was, it was almost shocking because you didn't, like when you're watching, I watched it in real time, like I was watching that game and he got up, like he stood up. And so like in, the, in real time, you don't realize that this guy just broke his ankle or fractured his ankle. And then he just immediately fell down. I was like, oh no, like that can't be that great. And, and tests come back 
um, reports say he just he actually had successful surgery, which is which is a very good news, which is a very positive news out of this negative outcome, I should say. Um, and they said that he should be sort of fully recovered come next year, which is which is positive. But Trey Lance suffered a very bad injury, and now looking back at it, them keeping Jimmy Garoppolo saved their season, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation. I I hate saying like talking about topics based off of just injuries just because it's you know what I mean it's like it's like such a such a bad outcome like for for Jimmy Garoppolo just coming and take the job because of Trey Lance's injury is obviously not what you want to see but at the same time I feel like the 49ers now are like a uh, for this year for this year in general I think they were a better football team the, the whole thing with Trey Lance, and obviously this was a guy I was crazy, crazy high on, drafted him in a ton of fantasy leagues. Our preseason episode, I said, he's going to just shoot off this year. Um, the whole thing with him is just he just hasn't played. Yes. Since 2019, he has not played two games in a row. Just crazy. He's, he's played, like, not even a season and a half of football in the last three, four years. Combined. Yeah. So it's it's just like... He needs to get those reps in, especially when you're young. Yeah. This is your time to learn in the NFL. And the 49ers are a team that don't need a quarterback who needs to learn because they're, like like we saw last year, they almost made it to the Super Bowl. They honestly should have won that game and been in the Super Bowl. So the whole question is that everyone's talking about this week is, are the 49ers better now that Jimmy Garoppolo and... You you said it very nicely because you you didn't want it to yeah like I don't want to Trey Lance yeah because obviously this sucks it's yeah. a horrible injury that he had Brutal. and it was scary. Um, I'll I'll somewhat agree with you. We're going into week three. In week three, they're better with Jimmy Garoppolo. Week sixteen, they're not. Yes, I, because I genuinely think that over the course of the season, we would have seen Trey Lance get a lot better and yeah. get more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so. Maybe come playoff time, it's the same old not same old 49ers like they always disappoint, but the story comes to be that the reason they're not hoisting the Lombardi is because Jimmy G's good, not great. Maybe they need that quarterback with a little bit more flair and athleticism and, and a better arm like, like what Trey Lance brings. We'll see. I, I, I still am very high on the 49ers. I think they'll compete for this division. Um, George Kittle also hasn't played yet. Yeah. The defense is very, very good. So it, it's such a weird scenario because how many fan bases can lose what some would believe to be a franchise quarterback, a guy who was a third overall pick, and the Ooh, next for, day at the same time be like, we still have a chance to win the yes, Super Bowl. Exactly, and that just goes to how, how they, that, them keeping that, it literally saved, it saved their season, right? It absolutely saved their season because their backup would be... Um, Nate, is Nate Subfield still in 49ers? No, I don't think so. Their, their backup actually is uh, Iowa State's um, quarterback. Uh, what's his name? Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy. Exactly, right? That just shows you how important that Jimmy Garoppolo contract was. And to add on to your points, while I agree with everything you just said, I think the most important thing was in terms of disparity between Trey Lance and, and Jimmy Garoppolo later on in the year. Because I do think, like you said now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback for that team today, right? It gives him a better chance to win today. But come playoff time, I think the one area that sort of Trey Lance gives you that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't is the ability to run your offense a little bit more dynamic, right? Like, 
sure you have that extra element to Debo Samuel and Ayuk and, and Kittle and that great offensive line and but you're not gonna see Jimmy Garoppolo with a read option try and take it 25 yards right sort of Trey Lance gave you that option he gave that extra worry for that for a defense for an opposing defense who already has to worry about Debo Samuel getting carries Debo Samuel catching balls IU Kittle up the middle offensive line like there's a lot on that team that team is very talented and just the fact that Trey Lance had that extra element in him um, I think 49ers fans that are that are sort of saying oh we're in much better hands here I think you're going to realize come playoff time that I know you said the same old Jimmy it's not Jimmy's fault it's just not that's not his play style right yeah and I think in today's NFL you sort of need not necessarily a dual threat guy because you're looking at Tom Brady and Rodgers do it without um that sort of same running present that some of these young quarterbacks have, but it's just an extra, it's an extra worry for, for opposing defenses, right? Like they have to guess that little extra second and it's a game of inches, right? So that split second where the linebacker is indecisive of if the quarterback is running or if the quarterback is passing could be a difference in, in, in a full game, right? In a, in a 75 yard touchdown versus a sack or a 70, a, a 30-yard completion versus an incompletion sort of thing, right? And I think that it's sort of later on in the year, like you mentioned, Trey Lance was projecting to become sort of that guy. And he, I mean, I'd assume, given his just overall ceiling, that he would get better every game that he plays. And and he he was looking good playing Seattle. Like, he, was, he looked fresh. Like, he looked super comfortable. I know it's unfair to judge him off that first game in Chicago, but he looked legit. And it's just a shameful situation um, that he's sort of had to suffer an ankle injury like that. And it's so weird. Like, it feels like all the time, whenever you're like, have situations like this, there's always some sort of injury involved that whether it's the old quarterback coming back to start for the new one or the, the, the vice versa, right? Like the old quarterback getting hurt and the new one takes over. Like there's always some sort of, like it can't just be a proper transition, yeah, right? There's always in the NFL, there's always something that happens, whether it's injury related or not. There's always something that arises. And I think that, that this sort of 49ers front office did a very solid job sort of having that backup plan. And let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo too. He's handled the situation with so much class, like like a true professional. I think it's showing his his real colors and the fact that and why he's been sort of around for so long. Because let's let's face it, Jimmy Garoppolo does not have the from a talent perspective. He does not have top twenty, maybe fifteen talent. And, and obviously, the 49ers were willing to stick with him for so long, and they they made a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? But He's such a professional, like he's such a pro's pro, and you can tell by the way he speaks, by just people, the way they talk about him, and the way that he's handled this whole situation. It's like kudos to Jimmy Garoppolo for really handling it like a real pro and and, and understanding what, what sort of Trey Lance is going through. And he knows his place, right? Obviously, he's there to, he's ready to step up, but this whole situation, like he never, he never batted an eye. You never saw like Kyler Murray goes and unfollows the for yeah. like the the card. Like, no Jimmy Garoppolo is not antics. not a child antic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, he doesn't do that, right? And I think that's I think he deserves a lot of credit for for handling the situation the way that he did. My whole thing here is, what do the 49ers do next year? And I know they're not looking ahead to that now because it's week three of yeah, the season. Eventually, it's going to happen. But yeah, next year, what do you do? You want Trey Lance. He's the guy of your future. It's presumed that Jimmy's going to move on. But you're in the situation where it's like, 
Okay, we got a guy. We now have no insurance policy. He hasn't played. Yeah. We have this roster that's very, very good. What do we do? How is this going to look? Um, it's it's a such such a even weird weird is a weird word to use yeah. in this situation because of partly how well Jimmy and the 49ers even handled yeah. it, and it seems like the relationship is good there. But eventually, and I I really I'm excited for this day because I've wanted to watch Trey Lance in action for a long time. Eventually, he's going to be back there as the starting quarterback for for the 49ers. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And even like. Let's say it's not it's not out of the question. The 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl this year with Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you do? <laughs> I know. Pose this extreme question. Like it's a, that's why it's it, it is a weird situation. Like it really is. It's like weird. It's awkward. Like it's like hypothetically speaking, the 49ers go in the Super Bowl. Will Trey Lance play a like? And let's say they keep Jimmy Garoppolo around. Like we're talking about a third overall pick potentially playing like two games with the team that drafted yeah. him. And they traded up like that's a whole nother avenue yeah, Al- too. Like they, exactly. they traded up a lot for, and I know because Miami it was Miami's pick. <laughs> they gave us a lot right? for that pick. Right? It's just such a weird situation. And, and I, hey, I hope the best for Trey Lance. I hope he's able to recover and and eventually reach that ceiling that he seems like everyone knows the the ceiling on when it comes to Trey Lance. So let's hope one day, like Puck just mentioned, that we're able to watch him. Full throttle with this 49ers offense. Kyle Shanahan just unleashing him to his truest potential. But for the meantime, I think the 49ers are in pro- a pretty solid uh, switch situation in terms of short-term outlook with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, that day will come where Trey Lance is back there, but the 49ers season continues. They're on prime time, so it's sort of my 49ers, I guess, because I'm, I'm a big Trey Lance guy, going up against the team I hate the most right now, the Denver Broncos, on Sunday Night Football this week. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that is that is a preview, and that leads us to our next segment, new segment, brand new, new segment, segment, brand new, sponsored by our friends over at BetStamp, which, if you don't know, is an app that shows you the very best lines on where to bet on sports. It is phenomenal, and today we're introducing our new segment. We're going to do this every single week, looking ahead to the following week, the hammer, where we pick two games that. Quite frankly, you just need to hammer because there are best bets of the week. Mortgage. Mortgage. Okay, it. not the mortgage. Last time you said that, you're 0-1 <laughs> on the mortgage. The hammer, maybe you have a good record. I just moved out, actually. I, I Off of the money that I made on the BetStamp app, thanks to line shopping, saves, you save it. You, you don't understand. You got to test it out. Check it out yourself. And use code CTB when you download it, referral code, all that fun stuff. But you would be surprised with how much money you'd save and make uh, just by shopping online because... I was broke because I mortgaged my house, put it on Baker Mayfield first week, lost it. I was actually living in the studio here. My bed was just behind the camera there. And uh, now I made all the money back and uh, I'm back home, right? I, I got my mortgage back. I'm, I'm able yeah. to, uh, thanks to BetStamp, all thanks to BetStamp. But- two, two things here. One, we never spent quite enough time <laughs> just ripping you on how poorly the Baker take has aged. We could have even talked about the Panthers, the team that we're worried about the most. They're a disaster. It's okay. Baker's, Baker's coming back. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, and the second thing on, on to what you said about the BetStamp app, when I was putting together my hammer picks for this week, one of the teams I liked on the first book that I looked at, just because that's where I was looking at all the games, they were minus. And then when I went on the BetStamp app to you know make sure I had the right information, I actually found them at plus money in terms exactly. of the spread exactly. at a different sportsbook. Right? So it's actually crazy the advantage that you can gain just by using this app. 
Um, but that leads us to the hammer. Cat, who is your first pick for this week? My first pick might be a little shocker. Um, but I'm a big trend guy, especially sports betting. I like to sort of put my money on trends because I think his history tends to repeat itself, whether it's explainable, inexplainable. But I'm going to take the Bucks here at minus two, which is half a point better um, than other books that are pointing at at North Star Bets. I'm going to take the Bucks minus two at home against the Packers. Now, get you this. I'm going to read a stat that I saw on Twitter. Um, it is courtesy of Jacob Morley. I hope I said that properly. But um, Aaron Rodgers has actually had a horrific track record at Raymond James Stadium, which is the home of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is one in three there. He's only passed for 900 yards in four games, three touchdowns to eight picks, and gets you this. Rodgers has only thrown three interceptions in a game four times in his career, and two of those games came at Raymond James Stadium. So... For some reason, he's just not comfortable in the stadium. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers here who are banged up. They don't have that receiving core. Mike Evans spent it for a game. He might be able to weasel though with that sort of one game appeal uh, sort of thing. So he might be able to play. But I'm going to take the Bucks minus two here at North Star Bets. I actually had the Bucks written down on mine. Rules of the hammer. We can't pick the same teams. So yep. I won't be taking the Bucks this week. Um, I'm going to pick the team that I alluded to earlier. I didn't want to spoil it. The San Francisco 49ers going up against the disastrous Denver Broncos. This is the team that they're actually, in most books, they're minus one and a half favorites. I've actually found them on ProLine at plus two and a half with the BetStamp app. We talked about Jimmy G a lot on today's show. He keeps teams in games. He's a winner. That 49ers defense, I think, is going to be a real tall task for a team that can't even get ready yep. pre-snap. So yep. I really like the 49ers. It's prime time as well. Take them at two and a half on pro line. I like that. I like that pick. I think the 49ers are, are we, we alluded to them earlier with Jimmy Garoppolo and their future outlook, and at least in the short term. I like that pick. My second pick, um, I'm going to take the Texans plus three and a half, which is actually up from plus two and a half like elsewhere. And you could also get the money line here, which is pretty good value. Um, plus 130 at DraftKings, that's, you're saving about 20 points because it's plus 110 a few other places. But DraftKings, you can get them at plus 130 money line. I think they could win, but I'm just going to be safe. My pick here is going to be the Texans plus three and a half by that sort of extra point. Um, uh, get that field goal protection. But the Bears, ah, they're very not so good team, right? Let's yeah. let's face it. They have a league low 28 pass attempts, which is second lowest to Ryan Tannehill's 53, who played literally a game and a half, right? Because he was benched in the third quarter or something, fourth yeah, quarter. Regardless, he yeah. played a game in a little bit and a game in three quarters. Um, and that's almost less than double of his pass attempts. Uh, the Chicago offense is abysmal. I expect Houston Davis Mills and, and, and what they're building there, Brandon Cooks, and Damian Pierce to sort of get things going on the road, uh, get get things going on the road here. And I'm going to take Houston plus three and a half. So I mentioned that we're not allowed to have two of the same picks. I wrote down three things just in case. <laughs> Little did I know you're going to take two of my three. <laughs> Thanks very much. Next, we're going to have to do. Hey, a, we're going to have to do a snake draft. You chose the order. You chose. Okay, the next order. week we're going to do a snake draft, or I want first pick because <laughs> this is not going to happen again. But look how quickly I've had to actually open up the bet stamp app on my phone. You talked a lot about trends in, in, in betting. Um, 
And I mentioned earlier, I will actually be in an NFL stadium this week. Now, call me crazy, (laughs) but I'm going to give you two stats. Number one, the best quarterback in the NFL currently at covering the spread is Tua Tungavailoa. I know he had a 63% um, rate before last week. And, of course, Miami covered against the Ravens. So he's number one at covering. Also, when Miami's more than plus five, I believe he's undefeated in his career at cover, just against the spread in terms of covering. Also, another stat. This is the third time in my life I will go to what's now called Hard Rock Stadium and watch a Miami Dolphins game in person. The two previous times, Miami lost on the last play of the game or last drive of the game in heartbreaking fashion. That's another trend that may or may not continue this week. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Call me crazy. My Dolphins... Plus five and a half. Against even if the it Bills. does, if it's a heartbreaker, it's a walk off field goal. You still cover. I still cover. So those two trends support the pick. They're plus five and a half at Sports Interaction. They're plus four and a half at most other books. So those are my first two picks for the I hammer. Like Chaotic. Just picking against the Bills, who look unbeatable right I took, now. I, I but I'm going, the, so I have to. I took the Titans plus ten yesterday. I was I was saying that was a lock. To I, it. I, I thought it was a lock. lock. Yeah, that's what a, a lock is. What it was. Thank God I didn't mortgage that one, or else I'd be <laughs> back on the streets, right? Well, that's going to do it for the first edition of The Hammer, powered by our friends over at BetStamp. Um, like you said, make sure you download the app. Um, and that's also going to do it for today's episode. Any last things you want to say before signing off? Well, to touch on what Thomas just said, we're actually available on the uh, media pick, so you can see our um, sort of our track record of, of how we're making money, what we're betting on, and you can track our picks there. Um, if you're, you don't even have to bet. You can just download the app and just keep up to date with what we're doing um, in the betting space. Like Pac just said, it's um, BetStamp. You can use code CTB as a referral code and feel free to uh, check them out on socials. Obviously, you see that we do a lot of stuff with them on our uh, Instagram, but great guys over there, great platform. But uh, yeah, that's going to pretty much wrap up uh, today's show. We're, we're through two weeks of um, the NFL, three weeks, well, three episodes of season two of uh, the CTB show. If you made it this far, we obviously thank you. Um, maybe we'll do a Q&A in the next upcoming episode. So if you're still uh, around, leave some questions or like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. If you're listening audio, um, make sure you're rating the podcast. Follow it if you haven't already. Um, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music right now. I didn't even know that was a thing, too. Amazon Music. Yeah, Amazon Music. So we're pretty much spread across all audio platforms. If you are driving or working out or doing anything else and you can't sort of watch the YouTube video, you can always uh, head over there to listen to the audio uh, show. But uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Yeah, this time next Tuesday, I yeah. will be... He'll have, have a, a tan nice on. bronze tan from, from my time at Hard Rock Stadium. And if the Dolphins aren't 3-0, maybe it's a good week to do Q&A so we don't have to talk about the game. So <laughs> Perfect. And we'll, my, my Cowboys will, will, uh, will be just off of a fresh, nice victory with Cooper Rush going uh, 2-0 in the season over the Giants on Monday Night Football. Bold prediction here. But uh, thank you again, and uh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Take care.